0: Seems golden bleak, and you just can't take any more. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shine through the dark. It's a hopeless soul. With Eric and Rogue, it's a hopeless soul. With Eric and Rogue, it's a well. Welcome to episode 52 of the hopeless show i'm aaron this is rohit and we have a jam-packed show today there it, we're going to share some personal stuff both good and bad some crazy topics from uh the clippers to uh, santa claus to harrison ford and I don't crazy submission you name it there's a grad speech thing at the end the last topic is extra wild so you won't want to miss any of this or you might but we don't want you to so we want you to listen to the whole thing so the theme is the future so in the future when the show's done we hope you've listened to the whole show but the theme is the future so we're going to be relating a bunch of things to what they might look like in the future in this episode now Rohit, do you have anything to say before i, I jump into what happened in the uh in the news from the quarantine
1: no, yeah. And I, th- I love this this topic of the future because hope is all about positioning yourself for the future. It's about laying down the tracks so the train of your life can go towards the positive place that is in the future. So I think that's how we can position a lot of these topics. We're going to see some heavy shit and we're gonna see some ridiculous shit. You're going to laugh um, and you're going to have a good time. And uh, yeah, why don't you kick us off with the first news from the quarantine?
0: News from the quarantine, man. So can I tell you a little of what happened this morning to me? Because it sucked. Please do tell. I need to get it off my chest. So I was pulling out of my garage and I make a left turn. And then there's a few stop signs. And then I'm on uh, the main street. And uh, for all you stalkers out there at Santa Monica Boulevard. We have a lot of stalkers on this show that stock Rohit and I. So just letting you guys know where we are so you can fulfill your duty. We uh, so I'm pulling out, I'm driving. I actually a lot on my mind. It was kind of an interesting morning. And I'm stop I'm at a stoplight and then I pull a stop sign and I pull start pulling away from the stop sign and I see flashing lights behind me, a cop on a bike and on a on a motorcycle, and I'm like, what? I was, I just started, I'd been driving for 32 seconds and I'm like, what did I possibly do? I didn't do it. I just had been driving for 32 seconds. And so the cop has me roll down the window and I said, officer, what did I do? I I can't, I live like three blocks away. What did I do? And he said, uh, you went through that stop sign. And I said, no, I didn't. And he said, I've been told to sit at that intersection because people run that stoplight. And so, uh, got to write you up for it. And I said, but officer I did. And I didn't do, and before I could start talking to him about like, that, I didn't do that. Like I at least came to a very close to full stop. Like it's right by an old age home in a park. Like I do this street all the time. you go you stop you Mm -hmm. go it has speed bumps you can't even really roll the street has speed bumps and uh he wouldn't listen to me he goes to his motorcycle he writes a ticket when he comes back i start explaining do you know i got hit by a drunk driver one block away from here like i didn't do any i'm very careful around here this is not the area where i mess around and he go when i said that he goes you already mentioned that i don't care i don't have time for it uh here you go and i'm and i'm like you know i'm starting to feel a lot of anxiety right and he said i don't care i got to go bye and he just hands me this ticket wouldn't let me talk to him nothing and i then realized i think what happened he was a very white cop i'm white and uh the car i was driving was uh, it was a fine car you know and i sort of felt Like a lot of people who aren't white feel, in that right now there's a white guy I can give a ticket to because what else can he do? Because he also put on the ticket, I was going 10 miles an hour through the stoplight, which was just not true, like factually not true. I was stop sign, I was not doing that. And but I think he saw white guy stopped, I'm going to pull him over, I can give him a ticket, it's his word versus mine, and my word's going to win. And I'm just going to give him a ticket right now. And I just felt angry. I also felt, wow, this is what people who aren't white feel like every second of driving. So I, I I just felt terrible. Then before I, I want your thoughts, then I'm driving a little further to get to work. And as I'm going, there's a Jaguar, far nicer car than mine and far fancier, far more douchey. And I, this Jaguar speeds, he must've been going 65 up La Brea, maybe more speeds right past me as I'm trying to turn into the right-hand lane. And I mean, comes within inches of hitting me. And, and I'm thinking that guy didn't get a ticket. I just got a ticket for doing nothing. There were no people even around when I got my ticket. Nobody. It was like, this cop was just waiting there to give people that I think he could profile and not get in trouble and give tickets to. Cool. And then, and then that Jaguar. So then I had a little road rage and I tried to follow the Jaguar, but what I'm leaving out is that my car is a Prius. So I'm not <laughs> going to win that race, but I started to try to speed up to tell that Jaguar, like, stop, you're going to hurt someone. Cause he kept driving like 65 on a 35 but I couldn't keep up. And then I just was upset. And I just felt like I experienced like two edges of a sword and they say there's double-edged swords. This was like two swords just hitting me, except I luckily didn't get hit by the Jaguar. So that happened this morning. And I just, I didn't know what to feel because it just was so infuriating on so many levels.
1: Well, I think there's a couple of things to unpack here. The first is a missed opportunity. One, when he was at your window you missed the opportunity to roll down all four of your windows and just start screaming. Am I being detained? Am I being detained?
0: (laughs) Then I would have been detained, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: but it would have been pretty (laughs) rad. Um, Secondly, uh, I think you are onto something in the sense that they, these guys, I guess, have been cooling off on tickets for a little bit. And especially when there were so few people driving and parking, regulations were re- were relaxed over the past year in Los Angeles and in many cities across the country. You uh, a lot of the city lost a lot of income. T- tickets like these are fundraisers. They're ways to you know a lot of these rules are passed. You ever see? I mean, for any of our listeners not in Los Angeles, you may have even seen some of these legendary signs parking signs that are like 10 feet high with like 11 different signs on them that you need some sort of crazy, like, like chart to figure out when exactly you can park. It's like, don't park between Tuesday and Thursday between eight and 10. another one's like parking permit only on odd number of days of blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it's like all these crazy things, right? You don't know. And they do that very purposely. So it's impossible to decipher. And so they can raise money for the city. Um, well, it's you... like, if,
0: uh, it's like, uh, if people know the author, James missionary writes these thousand page books, mm-hmm. that's, what's on those signs. It's yes. a book. Yes. You cannot understand it without like, you got to sit down for a while and just read.
1: You need a cop to help you understand it. And then by then you've already got a ticket. And so I think this just helps me reinforce my anti-government stance. Um,
0: He even told me, he even said to me, I was told to stay there. His first things for me, I was told to uh, position there, to camp out there, to stake out there, whatever you want to call it he was, he was positioned there specifically to just give tickets and a cop can give a ticket to anyone at a stop at a stop sign because it's their word versus the driver. So they can do it to anyone. He could give every single person that he decides a ticket there. yeah. And then he went right back to that spot afterwards.
1: And he just got a, so he got a few hundred dollars from you and he's going to fuck up your insurance. That's, that's unfortunate. And well, I'm
0: going to fight it. I'm going to see if he shows up at the at court and I'm going to fight it because it. this was just absurd. I'm going to go take some pictures, show what happened. Be like, this wasn't even possible. Yeah.
1: But, well, we support you in that fight, brother. Um, thank and you. just remember you when you all, walk you into the courtroom, just be like, not guilty. And we'll have a whole, like, free Aaron <laughs> Wolf shirts. Uh, it'll be yeah. great. It'll be great. Do you, do you
0: think I'll win that fight?
1: Um, if he doesn't show up? Yes. he
0: does know
1: um um, unless you had a dash cam that proved that you did because then his
0: wish yeah
1: yeah um yeah our next topic man on a lighter note on a more heavenlier note is just like heaven uh aaron and i went to this with our with our ladies a couple years ago this is the, the first time they had this festival and we saw all our favorite bands from the 2000s um, from Phoenix to the AIS to Peter Bjorn and John um, and it was absolutely like oh the faint was there. Um, it was an incredible uh, d-
0: disclosure-hmm um, uh, other ones.
1: And then there were lots of other line-
0: ones. yeah, lots
1: of other ones. it was amazing and it was probably like my favorite festival day of my entire life. Um, and then we hung out in the Queen Mary after that, which is now sadly sinking into the Long Beach Harbor. Um, so it can't really stay there anymore. And its they just announced uh, that Interpol is headlining part two of this festival that's going to take place in May 2022. And we both got tickets this morning. Um, yes. Yeah. And on the card, it's quite a lineup. I'm pulling that up right now.
0: Franz Ferdinand of the hives.
1: yep. Obviously Interpol is a big headliner, modest mouse, the shins, MIA block party, Chromio, Santa gold, cut, copy wolf parade. Uh, who else do I love islands? I've never gotten to see islands play before. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that's a lot of great bands amongst others, um, that are there. It's gonna be at the Rose bowl. And what I did, Aaron is I know we both got VIP tickets, I bought actually four tickets two VIP and two for this, uh, like clubhouse level tickets, which gives you like access to an air conditioned place with an elevated view of all the shows and front row access, because I think I can sell those and I think I can recover some of my money. Um, Oh
0: yeah. Okay. Or
1: I sell the VIPs and then it almost pays for the clubhouse ones. I don't know, but regardless, um, Aaron, Kim, Ian, and myself are going to have the best time on May twenty eighth, two thousand twenty two, and we're so excited. At the Rose They're- Bowl,
0: yes. And uh, I think that's a smart move. And I say, if you end up being a- if you are able to sell those tickets for a lot, the- those super club tickets for a lot of money, um, I think it should fund our like after party. I'd be open to it. That's me. That's me saying it. that you should give me your funds too, but I th- I, which I think is a totally fair deal. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take the additional
1: financial hit. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, this is a win. Yeah. W- this is a win-win for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be great. If
1: anybody out here is listening, by the time you get this, the tickets will be sold out. But if you were lucky enough to get them, come find Aaron and I at the festival the just like heaven Fest in 2022.
0: Maybe we'll even do a live segment from there. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. That should not happen.
1: (laughs) I mean, it could be our worst or best episode ever. We do it live from the show. So let's move on to our first topic. And Aaron, I think that in the past we've questioned, you know, or I've questioned, am I a bad person? And I'm about to ask that question again, and I'm going to explain my story. And then we're going to talk about it. Um, but it all it all starts with the Los Angeles Rams. Now, Ina, she is a huge LA Rams fan. I'm a Giants fan, as you all know. She's, a, she's got season tickets. And we've been spending a lot of time at the stadium. And most recently, we were doing a little stadium tour where there was like 10 people in a group. And, you know, we actually then were hanging out in the field, tossing balls around. I was kicking field goals. I don't know if you saw my stories, Aaron. Um,
0: yeah, you kicked too. Yeah. You kick two, you can put your hand up. I mean Yeah, I was two you, for two. Yeah, I was nailing them. Like you look like the best you're the best kicker I've ever seen kick at a that Sofi Stadium.
1: There it is. Yeah. So, I mean, look at that. <coughs> so, that was all great, all well and good. And then, you know, we're just I'm we're just tossing around a football and I'm just like, you know, throwing 10-yard passes, 20-yard passes. Ina is very scared to catch them um because they're coming in hot. And then I was like, you know what? It's been a while. I'm warmed up. So I try like a 35, 36, 37, eight yard bomb, right? And bomb quote unquote, because at this point I'm 39 years old and I didn't remember that I can't throw as if I'm 22 anymore. Um, I wind up, go to throw and the ball goes like eight yards and then I'm just keeled (laughs) over and I saw a doctor today. I have an MRI on July uh, 5th and i might have a torn rotator cuff. Um
0: <laughs> I'm yeah. not laughing because you're injured. I'm <laughs> laughing at picturing how much you must have felt like i am the shit when you're winding up to throw this throw. Yeah. And then it going 8 yards and then you te- maybe tearing something. It's not yeah. funny. Like i don't want oh, you yeah. to be harmed, it's, but it's also really, really funny.
1: It's like i felt it as the ball's coming off my fingertip there was just something wrong and then the ball just fell flat. I was like, well, now I'm like killed over. There's people looking at me. I'm like, Oh like, did this fucking guy just get injured playing soft toss, you know, with the football. And um, so then, yeah. Um, so anyway, that was a, that was Friday, Saturday, Ena's uh, Ina volunteered. And this is where we get to the, am I a bad person? Um, now Ina volunteered to uh, help set up for the big Juneteenth festival. That happens in limeret park which is a big big annual thing in my neighborhood and it's at 5 30 in the morning so one i hate volunteering two i hate early mornings three i'm injured however ina's friend uh backed out because you know her son was turning six that day had to throw a whole party so i kind of get it i absolutely get it and i didn't want Ina to have to go by herself and so anyway, I volunteered, and I just remember we're driving there. I was like, "Please, I can't even lift my arm really well. I really hope we're not lifting anything heavy like trash." Aaron, do you want to know? Do you want to know what my volunteering was that day? What? Okay, five thirty. morning. I'm a fucking trash duty. Okay, and what this means, Aaron, <laughs> is I am roaming the streets. Okay, with fucking like gloves on, one that broke off at the thumb, so I had a breach early on. Okay, and <laughs> sticking my arms in the neighborhood trash cans, the green like metal ones digging out fucking like chicken wing bones and like dog shit bags and fucking like rotting, like fast food and diapers. Okay. Out of the municipal public street, trash cans, bags everywhere, garbage everywhere. And I'm like, and the, the amount of rage I'm feeling at this in this moment for these fucking six hours. I think I will never volunteer for anything ever again in the rest of my life. And I hate volunteering and I'm going on the record as saying I will never volunteer for anything again um, because usually all volunteering is is you get to, you have to do the worst shit ever because they can't even pay people for um, and it sucks. Help. Am I a bad person? Um, and my, sh- okay. it hurt my shoulder even more.
0: So this is a lot to unpack. So I'm going to try to unpack it Yes. in three words. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> 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 I hope that gives you hope. <laughs> well, I guess you know, I can unpack a little more. I can unpack sure, a little more. Sure. So the, the arm thing that sucks, a torn rotator cuff. I've been there. I've, I had it pitching back when I was, uh, playing uh, baseball more, uh, more, uh, semi, in a semi-pro way. And, uh, I was totally tore my shoulder up. Oof. So, and the hope I can give you about the torn rotator cuff and, uh, bone spurs and all that might've happened there is, uh, absolutely none it is a terrible experience and the surgery is awful and you would be out you would be down and out for a, a bit like it'll be like 2 weeks of really bad and then another 4 weeks of a whole of being in an arm sling and stuff and then you have to rehabilitate and i had to i did that in my mid 20s early 20s so uh yeah it'll be even harder for you so i have no hope to offer you there except that that would suck and i really hope you don't have that i thank you i hope you don't i would think you don't i mean That would be just really unlucky to to do it on one throw. So it could just be some twist or twink or twiddle or twat, something like that. It could be just a Hopefully hopefully just a strain. Strain of the shoulder. So with the volunteering, getting up at 5.30 a.m. to volunteer sounds atrocious. I don't know why you did it in the first place. So, and you hate mornings. I hate mornings. I don't get why you did it. I I know you're trying to be a good uh, partner. And I know you're trying to show that you you're at least pretending to care, but <laughs> getting up at five 30 is just terrible. It was, it was, it was going to go bad regardless. Yeah. My recommendation to you is twofold because you're not a bad person. Actually, I would recommend you do not make an ultimatum that you won't volunteer again because that's not, and what you had to do sounds like it sucks. It's what a lot of people have to do on a daily basis just to survive. So when you put it in that perspective, you don't have to do it on a daily basis just to survive. Usually you get to like build Legos on your downtime. So That's right. per, <laughs> put that in perspective, you don't have to do that on a daily basis. What I would recommend to you to get hope is I ask for you to agree to one thing right now. When it is incredibly convenient for you and an incredibly easy thing to do, volunteering at say a concert venue, charity event, to help with ticketing for an hour, or volunteering at a sporting event for kids, where you're like, I don't know, handing out juice boxes. So I'm just thinking of very basic, easy things that you could do for a half hour. To then be like, like you volunteer on your with with on your own time with your own purpose, where it's basically not volunteering. I recommend you keep that in your lexicon. You do that at some point, and at least putting it out there saying that you would do it, then you're not a bad person. Then you're not a terrible person. Then and you did have an injury here. You, you know, you have a lot of reasons to be angry right now, but to be black and white about saying that you won't volunteer, I'd say just like you might, because there's things that actually could be fun to volunteer at.
1: Okay. I'll tell you what, I'll meet you halfway. I will never volunteer again unless I can get in writing that I don't have to be on garbage duty because I feel like 50% of all volunteering is just picking up garbage. Whether you're doing a fucking beach cleanup, highway cleanup, park cleanup, or just setting up or event, you're just fucking throwing away garbage. And I just, and this, I was like, there's so many times on Saturday morning, I was like that, 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 as I'm just like, as there's some fucking sludge that's running between my fingers. And it's like, brown and i'm like what is this shit why aren't people putting this in bags why are there no bags in these large trash cans what is happening why is there this mountain of garbage and i'm like and as like the and as a stuff that's been like you know like a compost bin and just like things just like compost there's shit that's been composting yeah. down at the bottom of these trash cans and i'm just like bleh, bleh, and i'm just like
0: <laughs> fucking hurl <laughs> Well, that gives me hope (laughs) that you, that you, that you you have that life experience now that you've been through that makes you a stronger person going forward.
1: Yeah. And I think I forgot to mention, that's why I hated volunteering to begin with, because I've had trash duty before, never this bad. (laughs) And then I got fucking trash duty again. So yes, I think, all right. So the hope is I can maybe find some volunteering where they'll promise me I don't have to do trash duty. Um, And there you go. Yeah. And I've never had a bigger respect. I always have for our, for our trash collectors that do this on, on the daily. So respect, you guys are earning every goddamn penny you're earning that, that you're making. Um, and I'm not we big enough for gone. that. I'm not brave enough for we, that.
0: All right, cool. All right. We'll hope gong it. And, and as for your arm. We'll hope gong it too, because I just hope, I think you don't have that injury because you wouldn't have even been able to do trash duty if you had it. I think I mean, yeah. it's so painful to tear that. So I, that's my hope. So let's hope Gong, uh, your shoulder, your volunteer work in the future, your sanity, um, yeah, and uh, and that throw, the eight foot throw is great. That was a good long hope. Gone. All right, so on to Crypto Watch. We analyze cryptocurrency without knowing anything about what we're doing or talking about. And I think you got something to say here, Rohit. Because- yeah, this
1: is bad. So, Jim Kramer uh, of mad money fame, you know, market expert, you know, he made a bunch of bunch of money in the market. I think he gave him a hedge fund or something. Um, but the dude knows his shit and he's, you know, he's always mad about stocks. Well, he has sold off all of his cryptocurrency, he's pulled out of everything crypto related uh, or almost all of it. And he's warning of because he's and he's saying that there's going to be an even bigger crash. Aaron, you brought this up last week with the dude that was uh, in the in uh, the big short Um, and. Jim Kramer's saying the same thing. He's saying there's going to be a big, big crypto crash, um, and especially as China and the U.S. continue to crack down even further on crypto, um, two of the most important global markets for crypto. Even though it's decentralized, um, and the U.S. recently, uh, you know, they are cr- cranking down on uh, Bitcoin because of the whole colonial pipeline. After the hackers shut it down and requested the Bitcoin ransom, so yes crypto is being used for nefarious reasons but it's also being used for positive reasons and to me it destabilizes or decentralizes money and possibly destabilizes governments which makes me happy um and but this is really scary man uh we've seen a huge crash in all of our crypto prices um and
0: so could i ask you then with this i have i have a question for you what Actually, I have a theory and then a question. Yeah, sure. When people like a Jim Cramer or uh, the big, big short guy, when they come out publicly and say something like this, most people are doing things to serve their self-interest. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it to actually help society. They're doing it to help themselves. Jim, did Jim Cramer actually pull out all his money? Or is he saying this so the prices will go down again and then he'll just rebuy more? And same with the big short guy. Like If I was in that kind of power to be able to do that and I was a complete asshole, which a lot of these guys are, wouldn't I want to just do that and then it's only serving in my self-interest that it goes down so I can buy more?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we, you know, I think it's a good point. We talked about last week, you know, and it's, it gives us, they are artificially deflating the market value probably to preserve their own interest, So they can then possibly either buy on the dip or because they feel like their other investments are hampered by Bitcoin. So they're, they're forcing these prices down and some of it may be real. Some of it may not. And we as long as we don't know, I think the advice that I give myself and not to anybody listening, the advice I give myself if certain things drop really low, that's when I sort of buy things at a discount um, in hopes. So will you be
0: buying lower. crypto?
1: I'm going to wait for it to drop a little bit further, but then yes, I think I'm going to, I said I wasn't going to be buying anything, but I think I'm going to buy into some Bitcoin if it drops, let's say below 25,000 per coin.
0: Okay. And I think I'm going to just keep holding it like I've always done. Yep. Just I'm not going to do anything because we don't know. And it's, it sh- I, I also, uh, they always say, don't invest on emotion, invest on when you're not feeling any emotions. So people are freaking out, then they're selling. And that's probably not a smart idea. And then you shouldn't buy on emotion either. You should just buy on logic and sell on logic. So I'm trying to do that. And by the way, fuck that cop from before, just so you know. Fuck the police. Fuck the police. Yeah. So that's, I don't, I try not to react based on emotion. That Jaguar was fucking an asshole too. I hate (laughs) him too. But you just should never react to things based on emotion. You should always just be calm about them and just do things based on an even kill. That cop should just, he should take his license away.
1: Or you can truly embrace the force and just yes, let the hate flow through you,
0: and low hate. Yes, I will.
1: Yes. So yeah, take Palpatine's advice. Um, do well, it. Do, speaking,
0: it. Do, do it. Speaking of advice, it's time for sports, sports, sports. <laughs> are we ready for uh, for two two big things before we go into the future?
1: I am. What are those things, Aaron?
0: Well, first, we have a a great moment in time. Carl Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. Defensive lineman.
1: Defensive end, yep.
0: He is someone I'd never heard of before, who uh, is a professional football player who came out as gay and did it in a really nice little Instagram announcement. And I just think that the more this becomes a thing where you don't have to make an announcement, the better progress we're making in our society, because Mm -hmm. who cares? Because who cares? The fact that this is the first guy to do it. And I'm telling everyone out there listening, there have been so many LGBTQ football, basketball, baseball, hockey players. I don't know don't know about
1: the L. Oh, in football. Um, but
0: oh oh no there are <laughs> i think actually most of most of them are l they're into women <laughs> yeah that's true yeah <laughs> so the sorry if i offended anyone there i might have but i just think that this was another big step just like when jason collins did it in the nba and uh he then proceeded to uh, hit on both mike and i at barney's like shortly after that announcement, which was an honor. I was like, this is really, he said my hair yeah, was really you, nice. He talked to Mike. Feel,
1: you should feel really good about that. And I mean, the thing about Carl Nassib is, is you guys might if anybody that's watched Hard Knocks, I think it was the Cleveland Brown season. Um, he was the guy giving financial advice to all of his teammates. And then there was this one part where, um, God, who was coaching
0: at the time? Wait, oh, so no, are no. you saying that football players should come out, should have a big announcement where they come out as smart?
1: Yeah, he he came out as a financial analyst that season. That was like three <laughs> years ago. And um, and there was like, I think my favorite part was he was um it was God, who was our offensive coordinator? Oh, Todd Haley. Um, he was just jawing with Carl, you know, to kind of like playing around. And he's like, What the hell kind of name is Carl? And he's like, What kind of name is Todd? And they were just like kind of <laughs> I never will forget that. And you also might know Brian Nassib, I recall Nassib from his brother, Ryan Nassib, who was a backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills uh, some years ago. So that's his older brother. And apparently Ryan, I think, led the nation in sacks or something like that at PSU, or he had some good stat. Um, So it's important because this is an active player who is not going to get cut like Michael Sam did from the 2014 Rams without even getting a chance to truly prove himself. Um, So big ups to Carl. And I think my favorite thing to come out of this Was a quote from John Gruden, uh, Carl's head coach, that says, uh, in response to Carl coming out as gay, I learned a long time ago what makes a man different is what makes him great.
0: Beautiful quote. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful quote. So congrats. Big ups to uh, Carl. He is going to get a big Hope Gong because, man, that is uh, awesome, brave, shouldn't be uh what it is right now but hopefully someday in the future it which we'll get to in one sec it will be just normal. who cares so mm-hmm. hope Gong. and now we are going to just talk about something for as long as it lasted 0.8 seconds the last clipper game was 0.8 seconds of awfulness we were up by one and Somehow, then Paul George misses two free throws, which he never does, misses two free throws, and then the, uh, the Phoenix Suns miss a three, and then they have 0.8 seconds left, and somehow inbounds it as a alley-oop pass that mm-hmm. Aiden dunks with 0.8 seconds left. I am so mad and so frustrated. Can't wait for the next game. We're going to win and we're going to win the next four because I'm really mad and I don't really want to get into it that much anymore because I'm just too upset and it's still bugging me. Uh, give me hope in one sentence.
1: Well, you guys are in the Western conference finals and you're going back home, right? I think now it's going to be back in LA and yep. that game was fire. And the just remembering just how much of a deficit in Game Seven, the Clippers came back from in the last series. Dude, this team can beat anybody, even without Kawhi. Uh, they're looking strong, and, we, and I think they're going to come home angry.
0: And um, they, the last two series, we were down two zero also. So it's it yeah, it's just
1: kind of how you guys roll. And you point know eight what,
0: seconds point eight and, seconds though that and, shouldn't even be a thing. Point and twenty eight seconds is less than one second.
1: And Phoenix has won nine straight playoff games; they're not going to ten.
0: Okay, good. So uh, I feel hope there. So so now that we move past sports, we're going to go to the future real quick. Are you ready? You're a futurist. You're actually a futurist, a professional Mm -hmm. futurist. It says it on your social medias. So I have a question for you, Rohit. Where do you see your volunteering skills having gone to by 2030? We're going taking a time machine right now. Sure. We're going to 2030. Yeah. Now you're looking back at the last 10 years of your volunteering career. Where where do you see that you have volunteered? Um nowhere. <laughs> okay. All right. Keeping on with that. Uh, let's go 10 years into the 10 years 10 years into the future. Will the Clippers have won an NBA title? We're going into the future. We're looking in, looking back in time. No. I'll answer it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love this game. This is great. And so going 10 years in the future here, we're time traveling. All right. We have time traveled. Carl Nassib, is he an outlier or is it normal now for people to come out, be be able to be gay in sports, in professional sports? I see it clearly, actually.
1: I say he's still an outlier.
0: Well, I went to a different future than you. Yeah. My future thinks that he is not an outlier and that is it has become far more normalized.
1: That would be a lovely future. Um, however, masculinity has had millennia to be toxic. And American football is one of the most to- masculine, often toxically masculine sports. There have been many gay players who have not come out before, and he's the first one to come out. The problem is, is if this dude, because right now he is not a top tier defensive end. He's good. He's definitely good, but he's not immune to getting cut. He's not a superstar. He's not even a star. He's good. And if he can't cut it, let's say the next couple of years and just out of performance, people that are wanting to come out, they might fear that, Hey, listen, that makes them they more of a target. Isn't that, I almost think this would have been better coming from a superstar, but I'm glad it came from somebody that has a good starting position. You know, he's a starter for the Raiders. Um, so I hope I'm wrong. I truly hope I'm wrong, but football is a rough sport with a rough culture. Um, and I, I think it'll take, it actually depends on Carl's success. I think that well, is the, termi- the determining factor.
0: I I just went back. I went into the future to 2030 and in 2030 big news came out of the uh, NFL. uh, It was a big, big thing in that, in the NFL that happened is uh, Tom Brady came out as gay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
1: so that was big
0: for the, for the sport. It's Tom Brady came out as gay and uh, it was big news. People cheered him on the haters were uh, became fans because of his bravery and yeah that's you know seeing that in the future was wild to see i mean Tom i guess Brady
1: i guess he's conquered everything parade. else in the world you know he married giselle at that point he's probably won like 15 super bowls and he's like you know what maybe i'm going to conquer a whole new realm of myself a and whole yeah new realm yeah, yes so in advance congratulations to that
0: Yeah, Tom Brady. Um, You got any more? uh, These are great. Yeah, well. Oh, and did you know who Tom Brady's with in 2030? Aaron Rodgers, definitely. How'd you know? Yeah, they're they're gay together. They came out at the same time. They're a couple. That is a talented duo. Very talented. That's a very talented. I mean, they know how to throw from the pocket.
1: Aaron and I are not in the business of outing people. Or making any of these recommendations or or, or proclamations. This is purely just uh, a look into the potential future. Um, And
0: and you will get to see more of this. We're going to do this more in the coming uh, weeks to come because we, uh, we have a time machine. So why not use it? So that was fun. So now uh, we have to have a a quick debate. This This is not a long debate. It is a quick debate. Steven Spielberg. Announced and for those new listeners, we debate every week something, even though we debate a lot of things, we debate one specific topic. Steven Spielberg made a deal with Netflix, where a lot of his new movies are gonna come out directly to Netflix and Amblin and, and so on. It's gonna be Netflix Spielberg movies. Uh, what do you think of this? Because I definitely have an opinion.
1: But he that he made a deal with Netflix.
0: And, and his movie, like big Spielberg movies will be coming directly to Netflix.
1: Wait, didn't Spielberg talk shit on the platforms, on the streaming platforms a couple of years ago? hmm Okay, okay. Well, I do love to see when hubris is crumbled. Um, I don't love to see giants fall, but I love to see hubris squashed. And there was everything from the failure of Quibi to the um uh to now i guess spielberg coming back to netflix i love this move for netflix because it it positions the the streamers in an even stronger place where hopefully art will have a better chance of living and now you kind of have uh the old guard finally admitting it i think it's
0: atrocious i can't stand it i am Uh, Steven Spielberg is the definition of going to the movies of the cinematic the theater experience and the fact that he would just I mean this is him selling out the like this is his sellout moment this is when he has completely sold out and is just now a, a, a cog in a machine he stands for nothing I'm so upset with him. Uh, I would love to have a discussion with him and say, why are you doing this? You're worth over a billion dollars, over $2 billion. Why do this when you can just keep doing what you do best and making movies where we go to the theater, where we have that theater experience? And screw the Netflixes and all that because they're just – Be making an industry that had so many levels of ways to consume your entertainment. Now you just have to subscribe to one thing and then you get your big movies and stuff. I just I think this is uh, the this is the downfall of society. This is worse than climate change. This is going to end society.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to take the other side of this debate for once. I think this is good. I think it's good because right now. It's really the HBO's and the Netflixes and even ways like the FXs of the world um, that are doing anything that feels remotely different or adventurous. They almost have a they give they have the opportunity for, for some really longer storytelling and, and, and ways for the for, for this for these creatives to have their vision, vision be something that feels so much bigger and more experimental. I'm all about mm. that. I'm with you at the at the the, the sadness and and the the the, de- the decline of the cinema. That sucks. I love the movies. I love going to the movies. I love that big silver screen. And here in LA, we have really good cinemas. Just, yep. you know, rest in peace Arclight. But um so I'm I, I'm pro. I'm pro this because it gives us a chance and and you know and these guys are still releasing movies in the theaters. I just wish they would do that and not and give it at least a month for the movie to be in the theaters before it puts it so, out the platform.
0: So you're you're pro choice to just stream.
1: I would I no, I'd say I'm pro choice. I wish that they would have theater release dates and then open it up on the streamers.
0: Exactly. I think that's, I think, and give it like three months so people have to go to the theater.
1: Sure. Yes.
0: So, moving on, because I'm curious what our listeners think about that. Moving on, should we go right to to Guess the BTS? Because we're running a bit long. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. We usually do some Hopeless TV. We will get to it for you all, but right now we're going to move past it to Guess the BTS. So BTS, our favorite K-pop band they are the biggest thing in the world we just don't know their music and though we're learning more of it as as we go through this show since we talk about them so much so do you know that bts is actually santa claus did you know that
1: don't 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 go don't go breaking my my, my childhood explain
0: <laughs> yeah no it's true under that under that beard and red hat is bts because they are such good people that each of them decided to give their parents a gift. And can I, can I tell you what some of these gifts are? Please. So Jungkook gave his parents a Mercedes-Benz. Really nice one, like a $200,000 one. J-Hope gave his parents a box filled with cash. which which is just just awesome. And there's a picture online of like the box of cash just with flowers. Just so cool. Then you have Jin who gave his parents a $3.4 million luxury apartment in Seoul, Korea, $3.4 million in, I mean, that's, And I'm looking at the picture of the, it's amazing. I mean, it's a gorgeous, eh? and then I think the most generous gift, and the last one I'll read. Oh, no, there's two more. RM gave his parents his credit card.
1: (laughs) Can I just say? handed
0: it over. And there's one more. Wait, I just want to tell you the last one. Then V of BTS gave his parents a song. So how valuable is that? Like, I mean, he wrote a song that's theirs that they own.
1: <laughs> okay, I guess if they get the royalties and shit, then okay. Yeah, he, um, he wrote
0: a song for them and gave it to them, so they get that money.
1: All I can say is, hey, BTS, it's me, your family member, Rohit. Uh, remember me? <laughs> yeah. Please give me shit, please.
0: <laughs> oh, well, wait, 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 one sec. Hey, BTS, it's your Jewish cousin, Aaron. <laughs> and I i have checked my mail for a bit and I haven't got my box of cash or my credit card or my song or my flat or my Mercedes Benz. I'm just ready and waiting. Can't wait to get the gift, BTS. And,
1: and this is, you know, BTS, Aaron and I, this is both of our, uh, our make-a-wish. And we're both, <laughs> you know like we don't have long for the we're not long for this world and um, if you can give nope. us some money or cars <laughs> yeah. it would really like send us off you know in the best way
0: we'd be Please, so BTS. happy yeah Please, BTS yeah. so <laughs> this is why we love you so much family members BTS yeah. because you're so generous so that's why we love these guys and now we get to move on to oh.
1: You're up. All right, we got we got three topics this week. I will start with the first two, Aaron. I'm going to put up that timer, um, and I'm going to explain my problem in 30 seconds or less. I'm going to give you the rest of the time for you to bring me hope. Um, the first topic is Blackstone. Uh, this is a big giant uh, firm on Wall Street. They just bet $6 billion on buying and renting out homes. Um, So what they've done is they've uh, bought Partners of America, which owns more than 17,000 houses in the US, um, and they continue to invest in residential property as a treat it as an investment, help. And and actually, let let me let me just use the last eight seconds, uh, which is what is it's driving up rent costs through the roof. It's driving up home prices through the roof and it's making housing unaffordable in wherever they're buying it. Help.
0: This is why I feel that America might not be the best country, because this corporatism is becoming so insane. It's taking over our country. And if our country keeps heading in this direction it will be destroyed. It'll be destroyed. There'll be no middle class will be a mess. So the hope I'm going to give you is I have none. I think it's terrible. And I usually have hope in 60 seconds. I have none. I just think this is like the end of society. How do you feel after that one, Rowett?
1: I don't think you were giving me hope, but I think we're both in alignment. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. I think and, that's what it is. Let's just see how what, what, you know, how, how that turns
0: out. Um, but yeah, let's move on to on the, next the bright one. side on the bright side though, because you know, it's all about you and I, they don't own where I live. They don't own where you live. So I'm cool right now. And you're cool right now. And remember
1: They're buying up in LA like crazy, I think. So, oh. but, uh, but the thing is you're a homeowner. I'm a renter. So this sucks, but... Um, on, yeah. on the bright side, directly... there is no bright side. <laughs> yes, we, we're all going to be dead one day anyway. So that is the bright side. Um, all right, the next topic <laughs> is Nestle. The U.S. Supreme Court has blocked a lawsuit against their usage of child slavery because they're saying that slavery took place abroad and... And they can't really prosecute for those foreign acts and that Nestle may not have negotiated that slavery on U.S. soil. So it's kind of un uh, They can't get him for it. And this, this is the what? same company, that, by the way, that buys out water from places that have droughts and like in Lake Arrowhead and just they own all the water. Um, and yeah, so help. Bring hope.
0: All right. This is easy. There are so many good candies that aren't Nestle. I encourage all our listeners, all our listeners to spread the word to their friends, to their friends' friends, to their family members, to their dogs, to their cats. Do not, from here on out, use Nestle products, buy Nestle products. I don't know if you use them. Eat Nestle products at all. We are, this show is officially boycotting Nestle because we do not support slavery. We do not support water uh, buying in droughts.
1: All right, I feel hope. That's a great idea, a boycott. So you know what? Fuck Nestle and fuck the feds. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> hope Gong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was In good. This, by
1: the way, can we just say before we move to the next one? At least I, and I think Aaron does a great job of this too, will f- give you at least one or two more reasons each episode to hate our government. Um, but anyway, uh, as we talked <laughs> yeah. about I guess I'm a terrorist based on last week's episode. Um, and Aaron, you are up. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Oops. Uh, Oops. All right. Uh,
1: oh, hold on, hold on. The, start over now.
0: All right. This is uh, the topic is Harrison Ford. This really bummed me out. Harrison Ford. Hurt himself filming Indiana Jones Five, and now production has to shoot around his recovery. Indiana, jo- I am so excited for Indiana Jones. That's my favorite, like, like bunch of movies ever, like trilogy, quadrilogy, c- septilogy, ever. And the idea that Indiana Jones can even get hurt just made me really sad. Give me, give me hope.
1: I mean, if anything, it's like we got to know when to. Stop a good thing. You gotta know like the original three, it should have stopped there. And maybe and the last indie was not so great. Um so maybe this will give them time to make sure all the scripting is good, everything works out, um, and just give it the last final product for the what is likely
0: the final Indiana Jones. Um
1: so hopefully they have time to iron out all the kinks.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe it'll make it a better movie. All right, I'll give that hope. Yeah. Yep. And uh, all right. So we hopefully gave you some hope there and a lot of not hope. And then we're just we finish up our show every time with uh, submissions and uh, hope fulfilled. So, Rohit, can you take on this submission? Uh, okay, this
1: submission is from Zane Angel. Zane, we're not sure where you're writing in from, but thank you for writing in. Your question is, glad you're having fun, and enjoying life. How can I?
0: Ooh. Z- well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll say something there about this. Yeah. Uh, Zane, what you see on social media, what you hear that we talk about, even though today we've talked about a bunch of things that are tough, it's only a part of our lives. There are things that are tough every day in both of our lives. And what... I try to do as best I can and fail a lot of the time is enjoy the good things and talk about the good things. I also today have talked about some of the bad things, but like life is not all bells and whistles and it's just how can we enjoy the good things and then get through the tough times so that we can further appreciate the good times and Cause it's not. And so, and, and just keep appreciating when a, when a small good thing happens, Zane, just appreciate that moment.
1: I think that's really valuable. And, you know, and I took to chime off of what Aaron's saying, man, there's some darkness that happens in our own lives. I mean, Aaron and I were talking before the show and, you know, one of my best friends and former roommate college roommate and afterwards, he passed away this morning and, you know, he had, he was fighting his demons for some time. And, you know, he succumbed, he was in the hospital for a year and a half, and you guys might remember from a year ago when we were talking about this on the podcast, you know, he succumbed to, uh, I guess, the way his body broke down from the demons he was going through over the years, and despite, you know, a, a transplant and everything, he just, you he know, he was 39, and he leave, his birthday's next week, or this weekend, and he leaves behind two children and a widow. And lots of friends have loved him. And it's, that shit's hard, man. That shit's really dark. And we do encounter a lot of this. And I think the whole point of this show is I think there is something that you can take away in exactly what Aaron was saying. and What he said was really great. And I think one way I can build on that is everyone's life can be super fucked up. And some way more than others. And really most of the time it's unfair and it's unjust. But What I would advise to you is just at least start with one day just doing one thing. Only one thing to start. Just one thing that makes you happy. That just you enjoy. That is not for anyone else. It's not for like, it's not meant to impress anyone else. It is something that you enjoy. Whether it's something like rereading Harry Potter or if it's like go collecting some baseball cards or if it's something just like watching something that you know, you really like or just going somewhere by yourself is the most important part of it. Doing something that you love by yourself once a day even if it's just for a few minutes is just the steps on the, the way to, to, to happiness. And I think I am a pretty happy person. You know, I can't speak for Aaron, but you know, I think there's a lot of happiness in his life too. Then we both have this, you know, our demons that we face ourselves. But what keeps it going is that you can't be happy until you find ways to love yourself and, and just serve yourself first before anyone else. I know this sounds really selfish. Fuck everyone else. You can't make anybody else happy until you make yourself happy and until you love your life and forget everyone else, forget your obligations, go to work. Obviously don't, you know, don't lose your job and shit. Um, (laughs) But do something that so selfishly makes you happy once a day and it's for nobody else but you and you're going to start unlocking the things that you love about your own life. And once you love yourself and once you love what's happening in your life, then a lot more from the outside is going to start coming in and just inviting itself in. It just starts with one thing a day.
0: That was That's beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that. That was uh, mm-hmm. heartfelt and beautiful. And uh, yeah, so I hope uh, my pleasure, I hope uh, rest in peace. And I hope uh, Zane, you, you get a little something out of that. Yeah. And be
1: selfish once a day, selfish for yourself.
0: And and so with that, we're gonna end on a positive note of being selfish for ourselves with hope fulfilled. There is a bit of hope fulfilled that happened this this week. And uh Rowan, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you happy, I think. I'm gonna make everyone happy. Okay. okay. And let please, and, please and if you're it. not happy from if you're not happy from this, you should not be listening to our show. Honestly, we don't <laughs> even want you to listen to our show. Just don't ever listen again. So <laughs> there was a graduation speech this week. And the so the former NRA president, David Keene, was asked to give a graduation speech. And he showed up to give the speech. And instead of 3,044 chairs in the audience that were filled, they were completely empty. <laughs> the school that he was asked to give the... Speech Yet is not a real school. They set up a graduation. The, oh, the Parkland parents set up a graduation. The Parkland school parents where the shooting was set up a fake graduation so that this guy would show up and there would be nobody there. And I think that is just, I mean, that is the ultimate troll of a douchebag.
1: Okay, that's pretty fucking funny. That is, that is God-tier trolling. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> wow. Um, okay, okay. And then the footage, he g- I guess he gave the speech. <laughs> he still gave the speech, which is passing into that. itself. And uh, th- then the footage from his speech was released Wednesday, edited into a video advocating for raising awareness against gun rights. And so somehow they took his words and changed them so it was a speech given to advocate for uh, gun control, which is extra brilliant. And I just, uh, I mean, this made me happy that, that these parents just said, screw you, asshole, we're going to totally dupe you and you're going to give a speech and then we're going to use you to promote so that, I don't know, schools don't get shot up, you know, things like that. So good on Parkland parents and David Keen. Uh, you're still a douche. <laughs>
1: um, okay, that's God tier. Um, regardless of where you stand on gun rights, that's fucking hilarious. Um, and I respect internet trolls. Internet trolls are sacred, and I think that they must be protected at all costs. So, bravo to the people that did this, um, to the Parkland parents. Um, pretty, pretty well done.
0: And that's a and great just, way to end. Isn't it? And and just just a little thing. Where did David Keener, if he has reps or if he even has himself, did he not look up the school? (laughs) Like, how do you like I've given a lot of speeches in different places every time before I give a speech, I look up the place who's going to be there, what the background of it is, what the background of the city is and so on. How did he not look any of that up and just show up to a school that doesn't exist? I mean that's just stupid. <laughs> all right. Well that makes me feel a ton of hope. And with that, I, that comes that's the end of our show. So I I still think this is really funny. I'm Aaron Wolf, the Aaron Wolf at all social media. This is the Hopeless Show. You can find at all social media and he is Vohit 4 Rohit on all social media with the number 4, the number 4. So Vohit 4 the number 4. Rohit and uh, what he's running for we still don't know but we want a bow hit for him
1: <laughs> we'll figure it out as long as they're not running for volunteering
0: for shit uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> so with that until next time we're out later when the world seems golden and bleak
1: and you just can't take it anymore here it comes that glimmer of
0: hope a light shines through the door it's a we're there and we hit. it's the hopeless show. but are there and we